Hello and welcome to episode 156 of the Startcast, Press Starters, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, Shannon. Hello. And James. Hi. Uh, now, James, you couldn't talk about your game uh, that you were playing last week, um, but you have been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and we can talk about it now. Uh, what did you make of the game? Um, I'm still like going through it. Quite a, There's still quite a bit to do, but it's big. Um, I feel like it's bigger than Origins. Um, I don't know. Like, where, where should I even start? It's, it's, it's pretty much like it takes everything that Origins did, adds in a little bit more, um, and fleshes out the stuff. I guess that was not that good in Origins. Um, mm-hmm. So the the combat's really good. It just feels like it's got a bit more depth to it, and the um, the story's like weirdly good like i've never really been super into an assassin's creed game uh but with this one like i just feel like uh they've just there's like about three to four different kind of i guess like plot arcs going on but they're all really interesting and they all kind of interact with one another um so yeah all right so bayek's not in this at all is he like i didn't really know origins but i don't well i don't really know the origins as well i assume i think it's before origins oh before okay yeah because you're not actually an assassin and assassins don't exist yet um and the dlc is going to be about the guy who uses the first ever hidden blade but that doesn't make like i I don't know what the goal is here because like obviously origins was meant to be the like the origins but yeah they've kind of gone yeah even true f- that's weird okay they've gone like do even you, f- do you think it's further still back like an assassin's creed game like because yeah like, like black flag it was very much a pirate game and then origins arguably not so assassiny either does it does it still feel like an assassin's creed yeah i still think it is like obviously like it's not as like i think to back to games like syndicate and unity where there was like big kind of set piece assassination moments where you have to there's three different ways to get into a building or something and then you've got to kill someone and escape it's not as like cut and dry anymore there are still assassinations and stuff of course but it's just um it's basically origins but replace the sand with water <laughs> and, <laughs> and and when you're on the water like you can you can do the ship battles from black flags and yeah but that doesn't that makes it sound bad but it, i don't think it is i think you've just got a, there's just a lot more to there's more packed into the world do you know what i mean sure and one of the things like as soon as i heard that it was set in greece as well one of the things i was most excited about was the um greek mythology being involved in the game yeah how much of that have you encountered um, that's like one of the things they speci- that pro- they probably want to keep more of a surprise, but it's it it's more than just Medusa. <laughs> it's probably okay. The, All right, cool. The, the safest way to worth, say it. It is worth keeping as a surprise. You think it's like contributes to good plot points, obviously. I think that's the th- yeah that's the thing as well. Is a lot of this is it's like a mix of realism and fantasy more so than any other Assassin's Creed game. I, I th- that I can think of. Um, and because of that, when there is something a bit weird or like from Greek mythology that comes up, it is a pretty big surprise. Um, obviously like with some of the creatures you encounter, yes, they're from mythology, but you'll also encounter like more, more powerful versions of like bears and boars and stuff as set piece boss battles. And they're, they're quite difficult too. Are we talking like God of War scale boss fights? Oh no. Like I'm like, I'm talking like a, like about a like a big boar, <laughs> but like like Pumba or something. <laughs> um, but um, no, nothing like like epic yet. Um, and I don't think there will be. It's not really that kind of game. But yeah. I just think 
it's the first. It's also probably the first Assassin's Creed game where I've actually found it a little bit difficult. Um, because in previous games, you know, people would kind of wait to take the turns to attack you, but in mm. this, mm-hmm. if you stuff up your stealth, it's it's very hard to kind of come out on top in a group of yeah. five to eight guards. Origins was a bit like that. I found too. That's probably why I put it back down. Like I kept dying. Where in yeah. previous Assassin's Creed games, but you then, could just make your way through each person. But then you unlock a lot more stuff and your abilities, because some of the abilities are a bit like ridiculous. But generally speaking, like they they make it a bit more approachable. Um, I just think this is more. I don't know. I, I I'm all for like it being a little bit more difficult. Um, but you can turn there's difficulty mm. options down as well for people who don't like that kind of stuff. Um. Yeah. Right. Very sh- cool. Well, I think you, you sh- made me quite keen to to play it. If it I is really good. Like the time. <laughs> I hit like I hit the story point last night where I just really really wanted to keep playing and I like want to go back right now and play it. Um, and yeah, it's yeah, it's the first time I've kind of felt that way about an Assassin's Creed game. Um, and the ship right. stuff is well. I'm sorry that we're sh- keeping you from it. Yeah. No, it's fine. Um, the ship stuff <laughs> is really just quickly like the ship stuff is really good. Um, it's way more. Uh, I guess streamlined is probably the best way to put it. Um, I don't know if you guys remembered Black Flag, but if you were going to go to a ship battle, you would kind of go to the jetty, talk to someone, load screen, and then you'll Mm. be on the ship. And then everything you do in the ship part is in that, I guess, instance. And then when you get off the ship, it loads back into the world, if that makes sense. Like, Mm. it was all broken up by load screens and, and weird transitions and stuff. Whereas in this, like, you just... Get on your boat, go out to high sea. If you want to kill someone or another boat, you can. You can board it if you want. There's just no load screens. It's all very seamless, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah, that sounds great. Have you done the beach battles yet? Like the 100 v1? Yeah, that's the only thing I'm like, Is do we really need this kind of feature? Um because I've done three, and there's, I reckon there's probably about 20 of them in there, because you do one free. Because you region. just launch into them. Like, they're missions, essentially, aren't they? Like, it feels a bit out of place. So, what hap- so it's, a bit, it's a bit like, it's a very Ubisoft-y kind of thing, where you go to a region, and that region has, like, a leader, and, like, war resources. And you've got to kind of drop the war resources, and then the leader appears, you kill the leader, and then you can enter the battle to take over the region. Um, yeah. And then right. that is literally just, like, a big... I guess almost like, not Dynasty Warriors, that's not the right way to put it, but like just, you know, you have to, have to kill as many enemies as you can. Um, I definitely yep. didn't kill 150 people before I would win one, but it's, there's just like two bars at the top of the screen and you've got to reduce theirs before yours drops, basically. Um, mm-hmm. It feels, a l- that feels a little bit shallow. Um, it kind of reminds me of when the Assassin's Creed games, they just kept adding stuff that wasn't necessary to make, to give you more to do, but it wasn't necessarily like quality stuff. Um, yeah, but I think those 150 versus 150 battles are definitely the weakest point of the game. Um, they just feel really superficial and pointless. Like I don't know why I would want to do them. Right. Do all of them beyond an achievement? Um, yeah, but I get the impression though that the, there's still plenty of in the game that you do enjoy doing. No, there is. Yeah, like that's the what that's like the the only really bad thing I have to say about it. Like it's it. At first, it was a little bit right. slow. Like, I wasn't really sure if I was feeling it or not um, because it was so similar to Origins. But I think now that I've hit the good story bits and I'm unlocking a lot more stuff to do, um, it just feels really good. And, yeah. Cool. That all sounds like good news. Um, Shannon's been playing a game that he can't talk about yet. Um, but my review for Forza Horizon 4 is up now. 
Um, a game that I really enjoyed. I don't, are you much of a racing game guy, James? No. Okay. Um, well, I'm sort of like, I've come and gone with some of my love of racing games. So there are a few that have like significant kind of, I guess I have significant memories of having played. Um, I've said before that like one of my favorite games ever, um, was uh, Hot Pursuit 2 back in the PS2. And I'm a big Burnout Paradise fan as well. Um, so the idea of an open world game, open world racing game really appeals to me. And I loved Forza Horizon 4 for that. Um, especially cause it was set in my home country of the UK as well. It was really cool to explore the streets of Edinburgh, for example, just off my memory alone. Um, but, uh, I felt like they could have gone a little bit further and making it more of like a vehicular playground. Um, like there's just nowhere near the sort of amount of content crammed into it, like, like in Burnout Paradise. I don't mm. think a game's ever really kind of come close since then. Um, and I felt like they could have kind of included more landmarks about the place that were typically British. And I felt like it could have done with another urbanized area as well, as good as Edinburgh was and how well that kind of facilitated the street racing. Um, I think, you know, you could have had like another historic city, like in my review, I mentioned York and Bath, which are like two kind of very medieval cities that I think would have fitted the tone and, and the feel quite well. Um, and then there was just like so much content crammed into it. That was really sort of the overall angle I sort of took with the review. It's, there's just like so much to do. Like yeah. it was incredible. Like the the more you play it, like the more and more it just kind of opens up. Um, and then you kind of get onto the roster and you get access to all the multiplayer stuff. And it's just like... But do you find that overwhelming? Because I know James and I were talking the other day about how like we're getting to the point now where we're getting to like seventh or eighth iterations of these franchises. Yeah. And it's sort of just like they keep adding more and more and more for the sake of it. Um, I don't think it was so overwhelming because what, what was great about it is you could really choose what you wanted to do. Like if, yeah. if something didn't interest you whatsoever, like drifting, I've never been much of a drift guy mm. I, like, and I hate it when racing games kind of force these drift events on, on you. Um, but they don't like you can, you can just do whatever you want. Like if you wanted to race around in four wheel drives and the cross country ones the whole time, I don't see any reason why you couldn't, uh, which I think is fantastic. Um, the issue with like the kind of complexity of it i guess and the amount of content in it was that the menus didn't facilitate it well um which i think was just like a real big challenge to overcome considering how much they had included in the game yeah um i it's hard for me to critique it because i i don't know if i could have suggested specific ways that they could have done it better mm. um but you would have like in the menus kind of the same thing kind of pop up in multiple locations there was kind of like lots of circularity to it um you would be able to fast travel to the festival site um, by kind of going to the car menu and garage sort of screen. But then if you went to the map and tried to fast travel to the same location, you would have to pay for it. So there was just like kind of weird kind of conflicts like that. Um, and it just kind of felt a bit sort of chaotic and hard to navigate. It got better the more of it I played, um, but it was still just it was all tiles as mm. well and it just kind of felt like it took too long and was too arduous to sort yeah. of navigate through um there were kind of frequently loading screens as well like which i felt just took away from be, me being behind the wheel uh as much as i wanted to be um that being said i thought thought it was still a great game and and fans of the series will will enjoy it as they have done all the previous Forza games i'm sure what were you like what platform are you playing it on uh on xbox one so not on one x not on an x no um, like, do we, uh, like, still do you think, because the load, the load, I'm not like, you know, saying that's why it's bad, but like, do you think the load times probably, like, that seems crazy that it's like, to me, Horizon is like such a, 
big open world kind of franchise for them to have constant load times seems really strange. It wasn't so much load times as it was kind of like load opportunities. Like there was just like right. constantly different screens. Oh, okay. Um, that you kind of had to progress through. I felt so it wasn't it wasn't the time. Like it still felt kind of relatively zippy. It was yeah. Just I like, thought maybe you were driving and you were like going into another region and then it kind of pauses for a few seconds no, to no, be no. like nothing like that and then it keeps going oh right no yeah it was okay. just kind of like there just seemed like a, sh- a lot of screens to navigate through um and you would have like these wheel spins at the end of kind of completing certain races or challenges or whatever that would allow you to unlock different cars or cosmetic items and stuff like that um but a lot of the time i felt like i was just kind of unlocking different costumes or hats or glasses or dance moves for my character that i just didn't care about and so to have to like wait for these wheel spins and I don't know, that just kind of, I'm sure that won't bother some people, but it, it just kind of felt like a little unnecessary for me. I think yeah. um, just like the, the biggest thing with this one is the seasons yes. and how they change. Yeah. Um, um, do they add much? They do. Or is it gimmicky? Yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, I really expected them to be kind of like a, a superficial sort of marketing point, um, but they, they really weren't. Um, they do drastically alter the look, obviously, and also the sort of feel of the game. Um, I was amazed how different, like, snow felt from mud, and and when the road was icy, it really did feel different to when it was, like, a hot summer's day, and, and you'd expect the road to be a bit stickier. Um, so that, that was quite a surprise, and a pleasant surprise. Uh, and it, it kind of really makes you sort of think about what you're driving and how you've customized your car, depending on the conditions. Um like, as soon as it was winter, I the cars that I was sort of using earlier weren't really kind of cutting it anymore, and I had to get onto, like, a Subaru WRX and stick some, like, snow tires on it. Um, and so that was really cool. Like, it made you sort of approach it a bit differently and uh, and kind of shook things up a bit as well. So it'd be nice to see, because once you enter the roster, they get, like, tied to, like, a weekly, to a weekly schedule uh, according to how the server's syncing. Um, so every week you'll get like a new season and there'll be like a new, um, series of challenges and races and whatnot. Uh, so that'd be cool to kind of like see kind of shaking up your cars every so often and tackling the different challenges. Um, I think, uh, the community features that they've added in, uh, and the sort of promise of, of support into the future as well is really going to keep people playing it for a long time. Uh, which is obviously, you know, what you want when you're when you're buying a game like this. The Bond DLC, mm-hmm. put it, it's it's there. It, it is, is there. Yep. So is that good? Because it looked pretty cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, yeah, I got I was given access to the Bond DLC and and all the sort of cars that came with that. Yeah. Um, and on that point, I think there's something really special with the game. Like I start my review by talking about this time when um, I was back in the UK and we took an old Triumph over the moors. And it, like, lets me sort of experience that same sort of feeling again, right? Like, you can take these classic British cars, and in the case of the James Pond pack, like, these these iconic vehicles and sort of take them through the settings that they were intended for, I guess. Um, and there's something really sort of special about that. Sometimes I wouldn't really care about having the fastest car or whatever just so I can, like, cruise about in mm. this really neat vehicle. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, I thought that was a really nice nice touch for them to include. Yeah, sick. Um, but this gonna this is gonna keep happening. There's so many games coming out that we're gonna have all these cool games to talk about. I suspect we're gonna be gushing some more in uh, future episodes. Um, we do have some continuing kind of news from a rather somber topic that was 
that was broken last last week, and that was the the closure of Telltale Games. Um, James and I in the last episode discussed it a fair amount, but there's been a bunch of more news coming out and the whole aftermath of it. Um, firstly, we heard that uh, the final season of The Walking Dead is going to go ahead as best as it can. Uh, so the second episode will release this week um, as planned. Um, so as you listen to this, it'll be bit out. Um, but uh, as for the third and fourth episode, which was the full extent that they had planned to release for the season to wrap it all up, um, they are looking for potential sort of partners. Apparently some people have come forward expressing interest in, in helping them release those games. Uh, James, having having spoken as much as we did about it last week, uh, this is this is pretty welcome news to hear. Yeah. Um, yes, of course it is. I guess. <laughs> um, like people, people bought it, and they like. I think it kind of speaks to how much people care, especially about The Walking Dead, which was I feel like always kind of Telltale Games is like you know magnum opus of sorts. Um, like mm-hmm. it's it came out what two thousand and twelve yeah that sounds yeah. right yeah yeah so like six years of um like this story and w- like you know it was kindly coming to an end and then kind of gets cut short like that that would suck if people couldn't get to I guess finish all of that um mm. and I think yeah the fact that people are stepping in and saying like we want to help like I don't know if this is people or developers or what the go is yeah um is really cool um in- people will get yeah. In saying that, I know there's some concern online that if, like, Telltale have got the money to then go and pay other developers, and it's not clear if that's happening, like, you've got to feel bad for, like, the 90% of the studio that was laid off with no, with no none severance. of their leave paid out or, yeah. or anything else. But I assume that it's just developers or certain coders or whatever. Like, you'd assume that part of the third and fourth episodes are already done, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you'd assume most of the work was done. So if it's just finishing touches, you'd assume someone just lending a hand and it's not Telltale forking out more money for it. Well, the voice work would be done, surely. Yeah. I don't know how this works. Like, I feel like they would probably, like, they wouldn't get the actor in every few months to record an episode each. Yeah, I don't, you wouldn't think so. Yeah. Who knows, though? Yeah, that's that's my thinking as well, that the bulk of it would be done and it's just the people to kind of get it over the line, for sure. Hopefully. Um, well, the other news that came out uh, from Telltale was that, because uh, obviously there was a lot of stuff that went up in the air, like what was happening with their other projects. Um, they've confirmed, I'm sorry, Netflix has spoken to Polygon and confirmed that their collaborative project, um, Minecraft Story Mode, which was kind of coming over to the streaming platform, is still to be completed. So that's what the remaining skeleton crew at Telltale are currently seeing through. Um, they also said that Stranger Things, though, which was announced back at E3, um, has been shelved, and Netflix are now looking for someone else to bring about some sort of interactive iteration in the sort of Stranger Things universe. Yeah. Um, we did see some some footage kind of leaked, uh, which hasn't been sort of verified, but, I mean, it does look pretty legit. Um, and we've seen, like, a bunch of Telltale employees kind of coming out and sharing behind-the-scenes sort of info. Um, did you see the leaked footage, James? Yeah, I did. Um, what did you make I only of it? Saw one. I only saw one clip, so I don't know. I, it looks looks like Telltale's kind of style, I guess, but to me that mm. also means it could easily just be a fake. Um, obviously, it's early footage, but like Joyce's eyes are so wide. It's so scary when she's <laughs> yeah. on the phone. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I only saw the most boring clip, so I can't really talk about it, but it just yeah. makes me a little bit sad that we won't be able to, like, I guess, play in that world as soon as we were hoping, but... You know, mm. there's worse things. Shannon, to be what do you think? About. Like a, a Netflix produced game, I'm looking forward. They, I mean, they they said that they now want to take a, the Stranger Things property to a different sort of 
game producer, I guess. Like, well, what do you think just, that might be? Firstly, it's it seems crazy. Like, I can understand Telltale like maybe not making that much money on their own games and like mm. them wanting to wrap up The Walking Dead. But I don't understand how you can have like Netflix's support for like Minecraft and Stranger Things and not be able to see those through. Uh, maybe Netflix pulled the pin on the Stranger Things thing. Like, we don't actually know what's happening. Yeah. This is probably what you'd want in terms of like a collaboration with like a Netflix property like Stranger Things and Telltale's interactive storytelling because I couldn't see yeah. it being like a fully fledged game. So this really felt like the best fit in terms of the developers out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I can only really think of like people that Telltale have gone on to inspire. Like yeah, Dreadnought, exactly. for instance, has yeah. sort of been able to pick this up. Um, so it's kind of tough. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was so Netflix that pulled the pin on Stranger Things. Maybe the um, eyes were too wide and they just said, no, <laughs> not doing not do it yet. Shouldn't joke. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a weird one, but I, it's really hard to see how this would have fallen over for Telt, like how they couldn't effectively manage their business with no. someone like Netflix behind them. Yeah. Yeah. It seems strange that they made, they couldn't have gone to, to Netflix. And if, you know, if it was kind of like Stranger Things in this final season of The Walking Dead, they were mm. counting on, like, it seems a shame with those two in the pipeline that they couldn't just see it through yeah, and, and see sure. how things were looking after that and kind of take that gamble. <sighs> it's a tough one. Um, well, lastly, on the Telltale front, uh, a former employee, Sean Vanneman, who's uh, gone on to launch Camposanto, um, has shared some insider info from his time at Telltale saying that the Walking Dead game was nearly a Left for Dead game. Uh, James, would that have been something you'd have been interested in, a, a, a Left for Dead Telltale game? Um, no. I don't think so. <laughs> I think you're glad it went the know. Walking Dead direction. At that, like I don't know. At at that time, like the left Left for Dead was was what it was. Like I wouldn't put out another. It was kind of, it reminds me, you know, like Dead Island. There was like two games and that weird spin off, and that was kind of shit. Mm. Like there was two good Left for Dead games, and then there would be a third weird spin off. Like I just don't think it was necessary. Um, yeah, it seems like an and, odd fit, right? Yeah, like yeah, but that's only knowing what we know now. Like, if we had come out and said, "Oh, Telltale's making this," we'd be like, "Oh, cool, whatever." But um, mm. yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's good they went the way they went in. Like, they kind of carved out a niche and inspired other games. Um, yeah. so like, you and know, considering Vanaman like Studio is now has been acquired by Valve, do you think there's any possibility? And they've got another game coming out next year that um, I'm forgetting what it's called now. It's, you know, unrelated Fire to Fire within... Uh, that's not right. It's something like that. No. Uh, you guys talking about the Egypt one um, that you forget every yeah. time? Yeah, the Egypt one. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. In the, Anyhow, in the Valley of the um, Gods. Valley of the Gods. No, that was it. That yeah. was it. In the Valley of the Gods. That was it. Um, do you think... Anyhow, do you think that we could see kind of like a, a Valve IP sort of taken into a narrative-driven sort of space with Campo Santo there now? I mean, I guess... Maybe. Is there a particular really one you'd what, want to see? I don't really know what's how it works. I feel like, you know, Camper Santa especially, they're like, what, 12 to 20 employees? Um, yeah. And I think they've got it in them I'd, to make a game like that. Surely uh, people would be disappointed if there was a Left 4 Dead game and it was like a interactive novel of sorts. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't yeah, that disappoint I just don't people? That, I don't think people kept, like played Left 4 Dead for its story. Yeah. No. Um. So. And I can't see, knows. like... I, I can't see people getting behind like a Campo Santo produced Half Life game. Nah, or not for like any that. of like, their. Maybe a Portal. I could see Portal, maybe. But even maybe. then, like I feel like all of their 
IP are like really valuable and sensitive to gamers. Like you wouldn't want to mess with them at all. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Ampersand are kind of experimental in that sense and yeah. as well. In a good way. I'm yeah. on very much on the record for liking their games, but mm. um yeah. It'd be interesting to see how that all plays out. For sure. Um mm. it's obviously tremendously sad what's what's happened with Telltale. Uh and like uh, like James and I said on the last episode, our, our thoughts go out to everyone affected. It was kinda over two hundred employees that have lost their lost their jobs there. Um, but we did get some more good news this week on the Death Stranding front. Uh, Troy Baker's character has been revealed. He's playing the spooky antagonist, the man in the Shot. golden mask. <laughs> uh, and in a brief clip from the game shown at TGS, he summons like a very Souls-like ghoulish monster. Um, James, are you excited to see Troy Baker play another bad guy? No. Don't like You're not, not very excited about a lot of things today, James. No, no <laughs> ever. No, I am. I, I just I'm over. Like I just watched the trailer um this morning, and I was like, oh, how cool does this character look? And then he spoke, and I was uh-huh. like, oh, like it's just Troy Baker's voice. Like his two. You don't like his kind of southern drawl. No, but it's him. Like it's not. It's not the character. You know. Yeah. I don't. I just hate when you can like instantly recognize someone's voice. Um, mm. And in a game like this, that, I don't know. Is that weird that we're now kind of like at the point where we kind of recognize voice actors? Like I can understand in a Hollywood space when you see people's faces like constantly, it, like it kind of affects our sort of judgments on characters. But we, have we now entered that space I, with voices? Well, why would Troy even like need a, to play this character? I don't even get it. Like why would like, he need to? Yeah, it's like a digital like typecasting almost. Um, just I don't. There's just so many voice actors out there. Like, pick someone else. Um, it's very much like with American Horror Story, what we've been talking about. How they just seem to put people in for the sake of having the name in there. But it's like, yeah. why? But even like I just feel all like the you other can't act- release a game without Troy Baker in it anymore. But even yeah. like all the other actors that are in Death Stranding, like none of them are really in a lot of video games, and that's fine. I'm happy mm. with that because mm. I'll hear them and I won't think it's them. Probably Mads I'll recognize, but everyone else like not really. Um, mm. I don't know. I just don't think why. I just don't understand why you would like. Like people probably disagree with me because people. I know people are like really nuts for Troy Baker, but I just think like. Looking at like that really cool, like very visually unique character, and then for him to speak with the voice of Troy Baker is just such a like letdown, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I or like dress your voice up a bit more. I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't know. I I I, I am a big Troy Baker fan, so I might be on the opposite side of the fence here. Of course you are. Um, I just <laughs> it's just James and I all the time. Um, so I don't know. I, I really like him as a bad guy. I think like his performance of I'm not and I'm. I don't know if I can say that Joel's a bad guy, but I thought he did a great Joel as Joel and and last a job as Joel in The Last of Us. Um, cool. And uh, He's fantastic and in, as in Joel. Fallout, not sorry, in Far Cry that, Four as well. I thought he was fab in that. Um, so ha- we've only seen like a brief clip of him so far. I can see him sort of bringing a lot to the role, and I kind of like his character and his charisma. So I'm glad he's not kind of strayed too far from that. Um, I have no doubt that it's within his range as an actor. But for him to sort of do that kind of typical southern drawl, I'm mm. I'm a fan about that. Um, how excited are you for the rest of the car, Shannon? I know James is really excited. We've talked about it before. Fairly, I don't really have a love or hate for any of them. Like Emma right. Stone was never locked in. That was always just a wild rumor, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, because she's probably the only person I'd actually like have a personal care for, to be honest. Right. 
I'm not really... F- it, it it all looks great. But that would be cool, too, because it would be so out of her range as well. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I'm um, sure. Even though, like, I don't even think she's a particularly great actress, but, like, I just think, like... Yeah, pushing her out of... I don't even know why the yeah. rumor came out. Well, <laughs> Shout out to that both cringing. Like, how yeah. dare you? She was amazing in La La Land. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Like, I don't know how she'd go <laughs> in this kind of serious role. But yeah, wasn't there like a digital image of her that looked like Emma Stone? Or did I just make that up? It was... Yeah, but it was... It I was think photoshopped. It was photoshopped or yeah. something. I think it was just hopeful thinking more than anything. It was definitely a rumor that was floating. I feel like the Game Awards, like something like that could be there if it was real. Like, I feel like they could try and make it a reality, but I don't know if she'd go for it. Surely, like, surely the cast is locked in at this point. They can't announce more people for it. Who knows when this game's coming out? They could just keep announcing people for the next five years. Yeah, yeah. I saw, like, an old post from 2016 get dug up the other day, and it was, like, kind of suggesting that it was going to be out in 2018. Yeah, well, there was something before 2019, I think they said now. Yeah. Like, assuming that means 2019 as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we're still a long way away. I'm keen for it, stylistically and everything else. Like, Uh it's amazing. I just don't know what it is. And if it's, like, Metal Gear Solid gameplay-wise, I don't know if that would interest me. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing about this trailer. We get, like, the kind of look at this monster. Mm. And before, we've only kind of really seen, like, the shadowy sort of yeah. figures. Um, James, are you kind of, like, excited to see it kind of get... I mean, we expected it to be pretty supernatural anyway, but it's going kind of very much, like, in the same sort of route, like, the Souls games kind of have in terms of its enemy design. It's, does that excite you? Uh, a little bit. I think, like... I just feel like I've kind of checked out mentally from this game until it's yeah. out now. Yeah. Um because, like, no single trailer... No trailer gets me excited. It just makes me think, oh, okay, someone ate a cockroach <laughs> and there's ghosts. Um, I don't know. Like, it's cool looking and I, I think it's cool to see, I guess, something a little bit more not mm. a ghost. Mm. It's like a weird slug tentacle skull thing. Um, but, like, it's just... At this point, I think I'd probably just get more from the game if I just didn't see anything and just got surprised by it all in the game. Sure. You know? Yeah. Well, it certainly does look pretty. Crazy. I just don't understand how somebody can how you can release so many trailers for one game and like nothing. We don't know anything yeah. about it. It's just so stupid. Like, yeah. I know people. I don't love know how it. much like how much longer it's all going to go on. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just a bit fed up. He he's almost got to go silent about it for a while, and then when it's closer to release, then talk about it some more. See, I think they're going to ramp up from like. Either the Game Awards or PlayStation Experience, all the way till like release next year. God. Like they have to, because yeah, it's a is new it... IP. We don't know anything about it. Like, yeah, they have to sh- like build up to launch somehow. I I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I'm wrong. We'll have to we'll have to see what all shakes out. Um, but to continue my segue, Death Stranding does look pretty crazy. And speaking of crazy, someone bought an unreleased copy of Super Mario Party Switch for $9,795. Um, over on eBay, someone had posted uh, a listing claiming that they had found this cartridge in an airport and attached videos and images of them uh, playing the game, holding it in their hand and whatever. Um, and it, yeah, it fetched nine, nearly $10,000 in, in auction. James, is there ever a game that you'd be willing to pay that much for to play it before release? Uh, probably. It depends on the, I guess my, where I'm at at the time financially, but if I, if I had the, the remade version of Resident Evil 2 right now, how much would you pay me for it? I reckon now's not a good time. (laughs) It's not pay week this week. (laughs) <laughs> um, about, I don't know, like, I reckon I'd pay a, for a game I really want to play early, 
a, like about a thousand dollars, I reckon. No way. Like that's highest I'd go. I I would never guess you'd that say high? that much. That's insane. No, I'd ex- that's if it was reasonable. a game I really I but and then but I would I'd even pay maybe two thousand to guarantee it was just me, no one else. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> give me I suppose I'm thinking like if if someone was like here's the last of us part two, you can play it now for a grand, would I do it? Maybe oh, I would. five bucks. Like fuck <laughs> 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 it's my final offer. What's the cost of a movie uh, ticket? Twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> what's your take on this whole story? I, it's very shady. Like I find it hard to believe that someone just found it in an airport, like put it in their switch to play it, knowing it was like a week and a half before release, then chucked it on eBay. Yeah, like it's a bit weird to me. But then at the same time, like I don't think Nintendo would send out a review copy that's physical a week and a half before release, so it must be legit. Like, it's not unthinkable to think it was sitting in the airport. Mm. It all just seems a bit Do we know weird. where? America somewhere. I don't think we know location. Yeah, right. I don't know. I mean, people have left, like, prototype iPhones it. in bars before, right? Yeah. Like, these things happen. I, I know. I agree it's that it's far-fetched. Like, yeah. Not, I don't even... It's not the airport part that's far-fetched. It's the fact that, like, he's then taking videos of him playing. Like, you'd have to be a pretty hardcore gamer to know that it'd be valuable to someone. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you found Mario Party in the airport today, like, not even you would think, oh, my God, I'm going to post videos of this to the world and then put it on eBay. Like, you just well, wouldn't no, think but... that. Because you wouldn't even be like, oh, my God, this is not out for another week. Like, you wouldn't think that, would you? I, I mean, I probably would. I feel you like you're aggressive. I don't know if I would. I probably, yeah, true. Um, but, like, I mean, you kind of come across hardcore gamers surprisingly easy, right? Like, there was the, mm. the whole story with Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, in Canada, like someone was working on their PowerPoint, PowerPoint slides next to someone that was like an yeah, avid that's a bit diff- that's just like, I know, This is a cart just like sitting there because it had to be with someone that knew they had it early to begin with. So you're not yeah. just going to put that down. But did you guys like read the listing like where it's like it doesn't pop out by itself? Yeah. So How strange is that? Maybe it was from a demo <laughs> unit or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Because the, the cart looked weird. It was different to like a retail cart. I don't know. It's it's very odd. It yeah. It seems weird to print like I guess like early code onto a cartridge as well. Like this would have to be one that's kind of you know the game's gone gold right and they're yeah they, they wouldn't print it onto a cartridge before then. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, because Nintendo was so insane with their embargoes and like what you can show with now that yeah the whole I guess surprise behind the game is kind of gone just based on the intro and everything else we've seen there's that there's that angle to it as well like mm. we hadn't really seen any footage of this apart from what Nintendo had shown on their treehouse channels and whatever else yeah yeah it's sad do you think the person that's paid 10 grand for it is actually looking to go through with the sale or is it just people trolling oh it could I mean it could absolutely be fraudulent right yeah I most ha- things you sell on eBay end in the person just never contacting you yeah yeah <laughs> Well, we'll have to keep an eye on it and see how it all pans out, I think. I don't um, even, are we going to hear anything about it after? Ne- I don't even know. Well, I mean, I don't know. I Did guess you like buy it, was, it <laughs> I guess if it was fraudulent, like, it would bounce, right? And if the owner legitimately I think had Nintendo, it, listed again? I think or? Nintendo will probably Nintendo can, can tell them to take the, lights, the listing down or to cancel it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. James, very, very weird. Uh, now is usually the time that we play What the Wiki. Um, 
you've you've done all the prep for it today. Do you want me to introduce it as I usually do and then hand it over to you? Yeah, that... I can't do that. Too okay. Much right. uh, so what the wiki is, the Starcast game show where the host reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game and either contestants must guess the game. Uh, thanks to the official what the wiki keeper of the score at Jamie Penning over on Twitter. Uh, he reminded us that in, back in episode 154, so we didn't we didn't play it last week, James, because it was just the two of us. Um, that you and Stephen battled it out, uh, and it was you that took the point. So you've extended your lead out to 11. Um, uh, sorry, yeah, at 11 points with Brody and Stephen at six, Matt on four, and Shannon on one. Um, and to give me the opportunity of entering the scoring, uh, and because you're so cocky that your lead is guaranteed you the win already. Uh, you're going to conduct with the wiki this week and Shannon and I are going to try and So guess. how are you zero for one at this point? Okay, so so Jamie also shared some stats um, based on like people's <laughs> kind of win ratio, I guess. Yeah. Um, James, very impressively, wins more than half of the ones that he Look, does. Look, I, I still don't think I've played four times this season. <laughs> That's... <laughs> uh, yeah, Shannon is a second lowest next to me at 25%. But ha- I still don't understand, when did you play... Uh, I did Me. play once. Oh, you, I don't know, remember what circumstances that was under. Someone else hosting. I think they alternated once. I did we alternate think. once? Matt, did Matt want to host or something once, maybe? Maybe. Anyway. I can't remember the specifics. Just proves the stats are wrong. <laughs> Continue <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so so James, take it away. Shan and I will try and guess the games you have prepared, prepared for us. Okay. I tried to... Yeah, I hope... Resident Evil. Works. <laughs> No, it's not. No. Okay. So, are we are we ready? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, the game is a role-playing game that uses a top-down perspective. In the game, players control a child and complete objectives to progress through the story. Players explore an underground world filled with towns and caves and are required to solve numerous puzzles on their journey. The underground world is the home of monsters, many of whom challenge the player in combat. Players decide whether to kill, flee, or befriend them. Uh-huh. When play <laughs> no no buzzers yet. When no. players <laughs> encounter, <laughs> oh, I hope you guys get this. When players encounter enemies in either scripted events or random encounters, they enter a battle. During battles, players control a small heart, which represents their soul, and must avoid attacks unleashed by the opposing monster in a similar fashion to a bullet hell shooter. As the game progresses, new elements are introduced, such as coloured obstacles, boss battles, which change the way players control the heart. And then players may choose to attack the enemy, in, which involves timed button presses. Killing enemies will cause the player to earn XP, which can improve their love level and gold. What? Oh <laughs> I don't know, Shannon. I don't know. No, I don't know. It's you've, it's, you've it's relevant now. to this week or last it's week, relevant. Shannon. I don't know what. I'm gonna say Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. No. Dragon. What is not. that game? Is that a that is a game? Isn't it? <laughs> What a Dragon Quest you're making game. me think. I'm so unsure. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be putting you off. Don't, uh, so obviously you guys haven't played. Th- okay. The character of Toriel, who is one of the first to appear in the game, was created as a parody of tutorial characters. The game's creator, Fox, strongly disliked the use of companion characters in games like Skyward Sword, in which the answers to puzzles were often revealed early. No. No. I mean, it's if I'm honest, it sounded like a Pokemon game, but then yeah. you talked about hearts uh, and stuff, yeah. and I'm like, I've, I've got no idea anymore. Okay, so should I pull up the listing and just keep <laughs> reading? Uh, yeah, I, I think, think Ewan has to have a game. <laughs> <laughs> a parody. See, the Monsters parody's will talk- thrown off as well now. 
It's like a big cult game, like cult following game. Um, monsters will talk to the player during a battle and the game will tell players what the monster's feelings and actions are. Enemy attacks change based on how the player interacts with the monsters. Should Players can choose non-violent options and then enemy attacks will become easier, whereas they become more difficult if the players choose violent options. The game relies on a huge number of metafictional elements in both its gameplay, story, and oh, writing. When players participate in a boss battle on a second playthrough, the dialogue will be altered depending on the actions in previous playthroughs. <laughs> oh, oh! The... I'm not going to get it. It does sound more familiar now, though. So what is that? I've got no idea. <laughs> so what happens? You're going to have to reveal it, like... I think. You've stumped us. Okay, so do I just say what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's came out on Switch uh, this week or last week, depending on when you listen to this, that... and it's Undertale. Okay. Oh, okay. I've heard of it. I've never looked into it. Sounds good, though. I thought that Ewan would be an Undertale person, at least. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> it it well, sounds like you're recommending more. it. Yep. <laughs> so, should we go this to the next one This is why Shadow Knight's yep. going to prove how, how poor we are at this now. Oh, my God. This is why I usually okay, host. This is, <laughs> this is short. I reckon you guys will get, one of you will get this. The okay. game plays similarly to previ- previous games in the series. Developers have stated that they always wanted to make the game feel familiar to fans of the series, but to utilise the extra features of the console that it appears on, such as the six-axis functionality and the touchscreen and the back panel. Okay. The gameplay is a mix of shooting and platforming elements, including in-depth puzzles which must be solved using various clues. A new feature in this game is the ability to use a camera and photographs to identify Shh. certain locales. Shannon. Oh. Explorate. Yep. Oh. Uncharted, Golden Abyss. No. Yes. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> How did you not? Did you? Have yeah. Any- no, I was getting there. So, um, obviously the Vita died last week. R.I.P. Um, and Sad Uncharted, Golden only. Abyss was the best-selling game. About one and a it half was the best-selling million. game, best portable Vita. game of all time. It's like it launched best global. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ouch. I think um in Japan it was Persona, but like worldwide right. Uncharted took it so yeah that makes sense so shannon's on one you well, on zero <laughs> yep okay do I you have a fourth game prepped if if it if i do get i, I mean it's unlikely but if i get up. the next one do you have a fourth prep yeah, <laughs> yeah i can easily pull one up okay cool. okay the game is a role-playing video game that is viewed from a 2.5d third person perspective the player can freely move around a town, although some areas remain inaccessible until specific points in the story are reached. Notable characters from the series, including your party... Wait. Notable characters from the series accompany you and your party on quests, though only one character can be active at any time. The game features a fast travel system, which allows players to call on a specific character to quickly transport them to any other visited station. The player has access to unlockable abilities that can open new paths of exploration, such as shrinking to access small areas like vents, teleportation, which allows the players to reach otherwise unreachable areas, and farts, which trigger an explosion that defeats nearby enemies when combined with the naked flame. Actions committed against enemies outside of the battle affect them in combat. The player or opponent who strikes first will trigger a fight and have the first turn in battle. At the beginning of the game, the player selects one of four character archetypes, the fighter, the thief, the mage, and the Jew. The Shannon, Jew class specialist. I don't know. South Park, the stick of truth. 
Yes. <laughs> Damn it, I was going in the same way. I, I, <laughs> I just it's because the which Stick of Truth be. just came out on Switch, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, that's why I picked it. Yeah. Well, Shannon the big is bucks. two for two this season, 100%. <laughs> 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 Ewan, I, what are you doing? And I've just made my zero harder <laughs> yeah. to come back from. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Yay, good I'm, challenge. Well done, James. Well done. Thank you very much for doing that. Uh, so Shannon yep. is then kind of climbing up the leaderboard then, right? He's uh, on two points now, so closing that gap on yep. Matt. And a 50% completion rate going off Jamie's. <laughs> that's, so I feel like that's a good good it's amount. I've out, overtaken it's two Steven. out of five, and that's a 40%. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I might be able to guess the game, so at least I can do math a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with that, let's bring an end to what was episode 155 of the Starcast. I think it's... 56. 56? I feel like I've mistyped that, though. I feel like it's 155. Oh, no, it is 156. Subscribe to us on Podcast One. (laughs) What was I just saying about maths? (laughs) Subscribe to us on Podcast One, iTunes, or any other podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au and visit the site at press.com.au. You can join the conversation using hashtag the Startcast. We've been joined today by Shannon. Thanks for listening. Follow me on shancake underscore on Twitter. Bye. (laughs) And we've also been joined today by James. Yeah, I'm on Twitter as well. So, at James, A-T-J-A-M-Z. And I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Bye.